Praise God. Hope everybody is doing great. Hope everybody has a great uh, anticipation for Christmas. Uh, if everything goes as planned, this is coming out on uh, December 21st. Um, I know different people listen to the podcast at different times, and we're grateful that you listen to them at all. We just hope that they be a, a blessing to you. We're so grateful for all of our partners, all of those that follow us um, on social media and that listen to our podcast. Our heart's desire is that these would be a blessing to you. As we approach Christmas and, uh, you know, again, with everything that's taken place in 2020, I want to I want to get into a series. I'm not sure how long we'll go on this, but we'll uh, we'll just see what the Lord has for us. But uh, I want to talk to you about the gifts of God, the gifts of God. I think so many times uh, we get so focused, especially at Christmas time, about giving each other gifts. Uh, you know how much money we spend. I see people that just go in debt at Christmas time, and that's that's such a shame. That was never what God intended for us to do. And and there's so much more behind the gifts than just uh, what we spend on people. Um, but on the flip side of that, there there is nothing like receiving a gift. Um, I, I don't believe that I've ever met anyone that does not like for some, someone to give them a gift, uh, uh, something that they were not expecting. You know, that's the great thing about it is when you get a gift and you weren't expecting it from somebody or you get something that you really wanted and you weren't expecting that anybody would give it to you. Um, when we think about gifts at birthdays, Christmas, anniversaries, all those different things, you know, we live in a world of holidays and so many of those holidays are gift oriented. Um, I'll be honest with you. I've shared this several times before that that I just get aggravated with things like Valentine's Day and Sweetheart's Day and all these other stuff. You know, I always tell my wife, you know, honey, if there's something that you want, let me know. I just want to go get it. And, and I understand that there's an anticipation for these days, but we have made so many of these days, um, I don't know, they're, they're just gift-oriented and, and, and they're just so commercial. They're so consumer driven and uh, we have just taken away the the um, opportunity to be able to give things to people on the spur of a moment and surprise them. Um, so many of the gifts that people buy, like I said, are, are so expensive and, and people go in debt. Uh, I, I like creative gifts. I like gifts that take more thought and time than they do money. Um, you know what is what is a gift? What what does that look like? Um, you know when I think about all these gifts, and and again I title this the gifts of God. I think about how God gave us so many gifts. Obviously, the ultimate gift that God gave to us was Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. But what I really want to talk to you about over the next few weeks is as we begin to study some of these gifts is the gifts that God gave us that have such purpose for our spiritual lives as well as our natural lives. The Bible says in James chapter 1, verse 17, every good and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Now, people do not usually 
give gifts to people that they don't care about. I mean, have you ever just got a gift for someone that wasn't a friend or wasn't a family member or somebody that you didn't care about? I mean, we normally don't go out of our way to give gifts to people that we don't care about. A gift is a sign or a token of appreciation. And um, it's a way for us to show our feelings to someone or, or for someone. The more time spent on selecting the gift or creating the gift and then giving the gift, the more feelings that are behind the, the gift that we're, we're giving to someone. Uh, most people will go to great pains to get what they believe is the perfect gift for that special someone. Um, and, and then you think about the way that they present the gift. You know, again, uh, when you think about anniversaries and stuff like that, and you know, how do you surprise those? You know, at Christmas time, obviously, you know, a lot of people, they, they put the gift under the tree or in the stocking. But at other times of the year, what are some of the exciting ways that you can give somebody a gift that not only do they remember the gift, but they remember the way in which you gave the gift to them? Several years ago at Christmas time, I, I had this idea. Um, I believe it came from God on how to give my wife her gift. It was Christmas morning. Uh, we got up and and uh, you know just like most of us, we we walk out into the living room where the Christmas tree's at, and most of the gifts are around the Christmas tree, and the stockings are hanging uh, over on some hooks that I installed and. Um, Right in the middle of the living room this particular Christmas was a large box and it had a huge bow on it. Uh, I had got up in the middle of the night and tiptoed through the house and went and got this uh, big box that I had hid, which was not an easy task, by the way, and carried it upstairs and placed it right in the middle of the living room. My, my wife got up and she saw this and she was very much surprised as I hoped that she would be. And she said, you know, is that for me? And, and I, I was absolutely, you know, and I could just tell the excitement upon her face. And I said, go ahead and, and open it. And so first thing she did is she took the big bow off the box and then she began to rip the paper from it. When she had opened the top box and looked down inside to her surprise, inside the big box uh, was another box. But on top of the second box, there was a card. And so she opened up the card and inside that, that card was a $10 gift card to one of the stores that she really liked. So then she pulled the second box out and set it on the ground and um, began to open it. And when she opened up the second box, inside it was a third box. And on top of the third box, again, was a a card and she opened up the card and this time there was a $20 gift card to one of her favorite stores. She then lifted out uh, the third uh, or opened the third box rather than lifted up and there was another fourth box and this continued on. Uh, each one had a gift card taped to the top of it with a greater amount and she kept doing this until she got down to um, like the fifth or sixth smallest box that was inside and the the that final box when she opened it up it had a gold watch in it that she had wanted she needed a new watch my wife is not one of these that really likes to wear a lot of flashy jewelry but she said you know i just want a nice watch 
something dressy. So I was able to get her this, this nice watch that she wanted, but just the way in which I packaged it meant so much more to her than probably the dollar amount in which um, I had spent and, and everything buying these things for. Every gift was purposeful and useful for her. And the presentation was something that she would never forget. And I believe that God showed me through the giving of these gifts to my wife, through a natural presentation, He showed me some supernatural truths. The first supernatural truth that I believe God showed me was that my wife was so excited and yet satisfied with with the everything that she got. She was satisfied with the gift cards. She was satisfied because they were practical. They were useful. Um, I, I can, can you just imagine, I guess, my wife saying, hey, every, everyone look at the gift that, that my husband got. And everybody would have looked at it, but if she would not have opened it, if she wouldn't have taken the time to, to open each one of these gifts, just think what she would have missed. And how many people do that? You know, uh, we think about this, we're like, you know, well, nobody would ever get a gift from someone and not open it. But what God showed me is Christians do this on a regular basis. We receive a gift from God, and yet we do not dig into it. We do not open it. We do not look to see all that God has given us. Again, much like Christmas, much like Easter, People will show up to church. They will hear the story of, of the baby Jesus or at Easter time, the, the, the crucified Christ. But many people look at these as just Christian holidays, but they do not dig into what the true meaning of these are. They do not dig into the gift. They do not open all that God has given to us. And so they walk around and they will talk about things like, you know, I believe in God and, and, and such, but they do, they've never experienced the true blessing, the true gift that God has given to us. The second supernatural thing the Lord showed me was, was number one, not only that people often walk around and do not experience the full blessing they get, but secondly, um, when they, when my wife opened up these gifts and she saw these cards, um, each one satisfied her. Each one brought some kind of blessing to her. But yet, I had so much more for her as she continued to dig in. Think about this: that not only does God have for us the gift of salvation, the gift of knowing Him as Lord and Savior, but God has more for us in the fact that that, that as we begin to unwrap these gifts. Each one is so much more valuable through our walk with Him. And so, like I said, over the next few weeks, I want to share with you several of these gifts and God's purpose. Again, as James said to us, every good and every perfect gift comes down from God. And so, I want to begin to look at these gifts. See, God has given us many gifts and all for a purpose. All are useful for advancing His kingdom. But before we can dive into unwrapping many of these gifts, we need to grasp the concept of the gifts of God and how they're often overlooked or taken for granted. The first of these gifts that we're going to begin to acknowledge 
um, were gifts that were spoken of by Jesus in a discourse that he had in John chapter 3 with Nicodemus. So if you have your Bibles, you can go with me to John chapter 3. If if you don't, I understand. Maybe you're driving down the road. But let's go to John chapter 3, um, beginning in verse number 3. It says, Jesus answered and said to him, Nicodemus, he said, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Nicodemus answered him and said, How can this be? Jesus answered and said to him, Are you the teacher of Israel and do not know these things? Most assuredly, I say to you, we speak what we know and testify what we have seen, and do you do not receive our witness. Now, there's a lot of things right there in those verses. Um, I actually went read John 3, 3 through 6, and then skipped down to verses 9 through 11. But what I want you to understand is this, is, is, is Jesus is talking here to Nicodemus, and he says the very first thing you need to understand is that you must be born of flesh, then you must be born of the Spirit. And Nicodemus didn't understand what Jesus was talking about. And, and God was talking about the very first gift that he gave. The first gift that he gave to us was the gift of life, or like I would like to say, it's the gift of breath. Everything God created, he spoke into exi existence except for man. If you look in Genesis, God spoke the earth into existence. He spoke the sun, the moon, and the stars. He spoke the animals into existence. But then when it came to man, the Bible says that he actually formed man by the dust of the ground in Genesis chapter 2. He began to form man. Um, and then he, after he formed him, he breathed into his nostrils and man became a living being. It was, it was this spark of God's uncreated life that breathed into man and made man an eternal being. Um, I, I love there was a great, a good friend of mine, he wrote a book called The Holy Spirit, A Layman's Perspective. And uh, Don and Jackie Raglan wrote this book, a phenomenal book. I would encourage everybody to read it. And if you can't get a copy, stop by the campus of Adult and Teen Challenge, and, and I would love to bless you. But, um, you know, Don Raglan mentions this, that, that unlike all the other animals, God breathed into man. He didn't just say, be. For us, he, he touched us and breathed into us. Again, in Genesis 2, 7, it says the word uh, that God breathed in us and became a, a, a living being. The word breath right here is the word neshama, which means a puff, wind, angry or vital breath, divine inspiration, intellect, or consequently a, a blast of breath, inspiration of soul and spirit. In other words, God literally breathed his spirit into man to make him live. And the 
And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed his breath into our nostrils, the breath of life, and we became a living being. Another way to look at this gift of breath is in the book of Ezekiel. In Ezekiel chapter 37, it says that that, uh, he prophesied and he commanded me, breathe and breath came into them and they lived and stood on their feet, an exceedingly great army. This is Ezekiel 37.10. God told the prophet to go and he saw all these bones scattered throughout where there was a great army. And, and he said, can these bones live, prophet? And the prophet says, well, you're God, only you know. And he begins to tell the prophet to speak to the bones and the bones begin to rattle and came together. But the bones did not live. So he spoke to the prophet again and he said, now speak and, and the winds begin to blow and dust particles begin to fly and, and, and the, the, the bones were covered with muscle and with, with tissue. But he says, prophet to these bones live. And the prophet said, no, Lord, they do not. Then he told the prophet to speak and that the breath would come into them. And when, they, when the prophet spoke, this breath came and then they finally became a living being, an exceedingly great army. See, we see this word breath again. This time it's the word ruach. And when we read the word correctly, when we read this this expression together, it comes and it's the Hebrew uh, term ruach hakadesh, which is the breath of the Holy Spirit. See, it was the breath of the Holy Spirit that became upon these, these bones, these, these skeletals that came together that God spoke. And it's much like many of us, people are walking around today that do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And they're much like these these dead men walking. Because it's not until we receive the breath of God that we truly learn to live. Jesus told Nicodemus, how must a man be born again? He must be born of water. He must be born of the Spirit before he can enter the kingdom of God. See, the word spirit in the passage in John chapter 3 is the word pneuma, which is another word for breath. Man cannot be born again without the gift of God's breath, God's spirit living inside of them. Let me say that again. God will, or people, man will never live until we receive. You you may be walking through the earth and you may say, well, I'm alive and I've got breath in me. Well, you're born of the flesh, but you will never experience true life. You will never experience the life God had for you, the Zoe life. You will never experience eternal life until you receive the pneuma, the breath of God, the breath of his Holy Spirit living inside of us. See, upon Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, he visited his disciples in the upper room and he gave them this very gift, the gift of breath. He came to them and, and he said to them, he came to them and he said, receive my spirit in John chapter 20, verse 22. When he breathed on them, they received the spirit of God. This is the Greek word emphaseo. It's the ultimate gift. It's the ultimate exchange that God had for humanity. It was his breath. It was his Holy Spirit. It was the gift of salvation. 
God's gift of his breath gave man their salvation. That's the second gift that I want to talk to you about. The first gift is God's breath. The second gift is God's salvation. And we'll pick this up next week. Father, I pray that you bless each and every one that is listening to this message. And I pray that as they listen to this and as we quickly approach December 25th, the day that we celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, may we all understand that the greatest gift that has been given to all mankind is the gift of your Son, the gift of Jesus Christ, God incarnate, who lived amongst us, who was crucified, buried, and rose again, ascended into heaven so that we may have life and have it more abundant. Father, may we never take for granted the gift that was given to us, the package in which it came through, a child born, laid in a manger, and swaddling clothing. Father, may we understand that the gift was given in such a way that we would never forget, and the gift was so special that it just continues to give even these 2,000 plus years later. Father, we thank you for this gift. We thank you for your love. We thank you for the opportunity that we have to worship together. And we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Thank you again for listening. And tune in next week as we'll continue to talk about the gifts of God. Be blessed. Merry Christmas.